Hi there, Dalton. I guess I caught you at a bad time. This is Gregory Middleton over at the Regions Bank on 3rd Avenue. Uh, you would come in for an interview for a position as a banker, and we did inform you following the interview we would give you a call back on the final decision that we made. Uh, so unfortunately, you didn't get the position, and to be completely candid with you, I'll break down the specifics so there's no misinterpretation. Uh, your resume states that you were self-employed from 2015 to 2018 at Arby's. Not really sure how that would work, but it did raise concerns from us here. Uh, we have security footage of you eating the table coasters here in the lobby. We weren't really sure how to address that. Personally, I'd recommend you see a doctor and stop doing that. The last thing I'd like to mention is you leaving the admin room for the interview, walking into the main lobby and exclaiming, I got the bitch in the bag. I'll see you motherfuckers on Monday. Ladies, if you're sexy, find me at my desk. And then you proceeded to do donuts in the parking lot in your 96 Mustang you drive. Thank you for your time and interest in the position. I wish you the best of luck on your future endeavors. Have a great day. Live from wherever you are and whenever you're listening to this, it's the Smoking Hot Toddcast with your host, Hot Toddy, starring Miranda, Ollie, Miss Pingrino, DJ Pork, Sheila, DA Williams, and Orson Wells. And featuring me, your announcer, Doc Summit. And now, here's your host, Hot Toddy. Hello, it's me, Smoking Hot Toddcast. It's very late as I'm recording this, so if I sound a little out of it or a little slap happy, that's why. I'm very tired. But we've got another great one for you this week. I'm really excited about this. I got to sit down with one of my all-time favorite performers and television personalities. You've probably guessed it already from the title of this week's episode, Michael Carbonaro Reappears. I'm talking about the one and only Michael Carbonaro. He's an extremely, extremely talented talented magician and comedian. You may have seen his show on True TV, The Carbonaro Effect, or you may have seen him on tour. He is back on tour. This time, though, appropriately enough, it is completely virtual. The tour is called Carbonaro Live from Space. And this week, we're going to talk about some of the elements of how a live show via computer can work. He's still including the audience and doing all kinds of really, really interesting and innovative things. So we're going to be talking about that and just how he's doing through all this pandemic stuff. So me and Michael are going to be shooting the breeze for a little while. We also got an all-new sketch we're going to perform for you. An all-new Ollie report. I mean, the list goes on. Just listen. You'll enjoy. And with that in mind, it's now time for an all-new episode of the Smoking Hot Toddcast. You're listening to Hot Toddy on the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Well, I'm excited because I talked to this guy uh, last year and I'm getting to talk to him again. It's it's kind of a new world that we live in, so I'm, I'm interested to get his take on how things are going. But this guy is one of the most incredible people I've ever seen perform. Uh, you know him from his hit TV show on True TV, The Carbonaro Effect. He's taken his tour live again. This time, though, it's virtual. Carbonaro live from space. Uh, it's a brand new show. Uh, all kinds of interesting things things are going to be going on. There's a bunch of dates that are sold out, but there are some new dates that have been added on, and we'll talk to those, talk about those here in just a few minutes. For now, though, Michael Carbonaro. Michael, welcome back to the show. Hey, hot toddy. Great to be here again. Great to be speaking with you. So how are things with you? What's been new? What's been going on? Oh, my gosh. What a world. Right? It's been, it's been nutty. Yeah. You know, we are a wonderful, resilient, and adaptive folks, aren't we? Uh, in it's a big way, how things have transformed. You know, people working from home and going to school from home, and I, I can't believe I'm performing live shows virtually. I mean, that's it. I never thought something like that could work, but it's amazing how it does. Right? Did you think in twenty? Because we spoke at last time in twenty nineteen. Did you think in twenty nineteen? 
if, if, any, if anybody had said to you, you're going to be performing live, but it's going to be off of people's computers and phones, what would you have said? What would your thought process have been at that point? I would have said absolutely not. <laughs> you know, why not come and see me live? That's completely anti-theater. Right. To do something through a computer. You know, and I, I sure, you know, then I, I was at the... Um, the Civic Auditorium over there. You were in Knoxville. In Knoxville. Yeah, I performed down there, and and I just love. You know, people see me on TV, but then I love having those people get to come and see me perform live because I think a lot of them wonder if you know what I'm doing on TV as a magician is pulled off with camera tricks or if it's actors doing it. Um, so they come and see me live, and I perform these things right in front of them. They're like, "Oh my gosh, he's the real deal!" So here we are performing a live tour again, but it's virtually through the computer, and um, I never thought it would work, but you know, this is how I reframed it. I, I suddenly realized as I've been playing with this, playing with magic through the computer, that if, you know, y you ask if someone had said that to me, what would I have thought? But if someone had said it this way, if someone had said, how would you like to be able to do your TV show? But while the people in their living room are watching your TV show, you can talk directly to them, and they can hear you and talk back to you, and you can relate to them and involve them in the show through the screen on your TV show. I would say, oh my gosh, that sounds like magic. Right. And that's really what this is. It's like you're watching me do a, a TV show, but I'm involving you in it. You can hear me. I can talk to you. I'm pulling people up on their Zoom cameras, you know, if they want to, to come on screen and, and help out with different experiments and play with magic and you know the outcome of what you do what you say and what you do is going to affect how the magic moves and i get to actually have that improvisational experimental live magic experience with people just like if it was at a live theater right you you, you actually it, it, it's almost like a, a, like a special commentary like a commentary track on your own show but in live in person Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 more live than watching, even though it's on TV, you know, watching my TV show is one thing and coming to see me at a live show is another. But this is sort of a hybrid of both of them. It's on TV, but I'm talking directly to you. It's really kind of a miracle, you know, and, and the things I've been able to discover that I could do through the camera. I mean, it is really wild. Like I'm going to be teleporting objects from my room through the screen into people's living rooms. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm having them help out with different illusions where, um, you know, the things that they say, I don't want to give away too many of the secrets, sure, the things sure. that they say will be predicted in a way that couldn't possibly happen. And, you know, it's all free choice and totally random and the kids get involved, the adults get involved. And it, it's, it's really a way to, what what we all need it's a way to connect again right you know, i think my show really brings people together and i get so many letters from people who are like you know we sit and watch you together as a family and we have so much joy just experiencing you and and now it's like well great now now we can talk to each other actually right screen. it's like a live broadcast where you know you could talk to each other through the screen so it's really fun you're listening to the smoking hot podcast with your host todd just todd Todd is helpful, and Todd is there for you. Uh, well, it's actually hot toddy. Oh, well, pardon me, Mr. Perfect! And if you hate your job this much to go this far, you need to quit. Because a dude named Brandon Souls called in a false report saying that he'd been kidnapped, but when the police did a little investigating, they realized that really was not the case. It turns out he'd made up the entire thing so he could get out of his job that day. 
Well, naturally, he was arrested for making a false report. Whatever happened to, I'm sick today? Is that just not a thing anymore? I, I don't know. But could you imagine if he had called his employer while all this was going on to explain why he wasn't going to be into work? I think that would have been even more entertaining to listen to. Tire Factory. Hey, boss. It's me, Brandon. Listen, I'm not going to be able to come into work today. Something terrible has happened. Uh-huh. Is it as terrible as last week when your dog ate your car? Even worse! I've been kidnapped! Kidnapped? Really? Yes! These two guys in masks grabbed me, knocked me out, and left me all tied up at some water tower. You're currently tied up? Yes! How are you calling me then? Well, my, um, well, my, my phone fell out of my pocket. That's it. And my dog, you know, you know, the one that ate my car last week, he found me and was able to go through my contacts with with his paw. I see. So your dog's there helping you now. Yes. So he can probably get you untied and you can get to work on time, couldn't he? Oh, well, um, oh no! Come back, Butchie! Come back! Oh no, he went home. Well, that's a shame. It really is, because I'm still all tied up and badly hurt! So I can't come in. Sorry. Well, that's okay. We'll see you tomorrow then. Probably not. You see, those guys that kidnapped me said they'd be back for me tomorrow, and uh, then they were um, going to take me to Vegas. And who knows what will happen there. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, so we may never know. So you're telling me you're going to Vegas tomorrow? Against my will! These monsters! are going to take me there and do God knows what. Something about the Four Seasons. Okay, well, just know this. If you go to Vegas, you're fired. Oh, wait. I, I, I think they said next week. No. Next month? No. Right now? What? Ah, that's it. Um. Oh, no! They're back and they're taking me right now! I gotta go! Bye! Don't you do it! I can't stop them, these monsters! They're talking about all-you-can-eat buffets, showgirls, and David Copperfield. Not David Copperfield! You're fired. Testicles. You're listening to the most splendiferous, the most fantastic, the greatest podcast in the history of podcasts, the Smokin' Hot Toddcast. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Would you agree then? Because that's an interesting point. Do you agree? Would you agree that the pandemic maybe has brought us closer together in a strange way? In a strange way. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm Gen X. So like I sort of have like an, I try and really be careful about technology. You know, I, I kind of love and hate my cell phone. Right. I try to not keep my face buried in, in computers and in social media. And I really try to monitor that. And I think we all do, because on one hand, like you said, I mean, imagine we had this pandemic. We didn't have these wonderful things like social media or Zoom or, or a way to connect with each other. Exactly. Time. Right. You know, it's really a beautiful thing. So it's 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 both good and bad. And I think with anything in life, it's a balance. And you have to be careful not to let yourself get too absorbed into it and really take the time to still have your outside real world life. You know, if you have a bubble of people that you're hanging out with and you know, your wife, your family, or whoever it is that you get to actually see in real, in the flesh, um, that you really don't 
don't get you know the two of you sitting around in your house getting absorbed into your machines together you really have right. to watch and have an experience and that's oddly what i'm trying to do with this show it's that you know this is not everybody gather around and turn on the tv and zone out just watching another thing on television this right. is like no you're going to participate your camera's going to pop up we're going <laughs> to see you if you want to, right. you're going to see you on screen and I'm going to get to relate to you. And it's like being out at an event. So um, it's not just like zoning out. It's really being involved. And that's what I like to do. I like to get people energized and and just watching that joy through the camera, seeing people have that experience like they're at a live event again. I think we're all just so hungry to be at live events again. Exactly. It, it, it brings that magic. It does. And, I, and that's what's so awesome about this is how interactive this show is going to be. And, and, I, and I think, and that's what I love. I mean, don't love, but I mean, that's the interesting thing about the pandemic is that it has expanded technology to this point where you, you, someone who seems unattainable because you're a celebrity, you're out there doing things, you are coming into people's homes and actually getting them involved while they're sitting on their couch. I mean, that's just, it's incredible. It's really wild. And, and I think it's cool because it's, 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 it's kind of like a meet and greet, you know, right. like you, 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 you don't get that experience pre pandemic. You don't have, you know, you could go watch my TV show or you could go see me on, you know, perform at a theater live, but this is a new kind of experience where there, there's a real connection because people are used to talking on FaceTime and they're used to talking and going to school through zoom and, and going to work through zoom meetings. But now it's like to get to have a, an exciting, fun, engaging, magical experience in that same way is new and exciting. It really is. It's so interesting. And, 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 you know, and, and that's the thing about the pandemic. I mean, eventually we'll get back to normalcy. We'll get back to a real world type situation, but it's really nice to have these kind of like sideline things that can help keep us going. You know, artists are amazing. I've been really excited to see, you know, how the arts have really been necessary. Yes. You know, I know a lot of, of, and magic particularly, really works in this interactive medium, mm-hmm. you know, a virtual medium, more so than say, you know, a, a singing concert, you know, a concert or a play or something like that. Those things work too through Zoom and it's nice to have those experiences to have theater come through the screen. But the the, the nature of magic where you're a volunteer and you're actively involved in the outcome of what's going to happen in the moment. You know, you pick a card and that card appears on screen. You choose a song and that's the song that's written on a cassette tape. You know, those moments, you're like, wait, how did that happen through my screen? Right. And, it, and it, it, you're not just watching, you're actually participating. And that's why magic really works virtually, maybe more so than any other art form. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah, I mean, it, it and I, I think it makes it more interesting that way, too, because it's like I'm still it's like you're still able to manipulate things and make these things happen, even if you're not in the same room. It's just an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to capture a, an excite. you know, like the idea was like if we could be any, I think we're all kind of stuck. We feel a little bit isolated. We feel a little bit like we're trapped at home. So I was like, well, well how cool would it be if we could just go to outer space? Right. So that's what the, you know, even if only in our minds, yeah. you know, we'll be together and just sort of have this fantasy of being out in a magical universe together yeah. um, in time and space. So of course, it's not really outer space, but it's space. It's you're in your space. I'm in my space and we're sharing space together. And that becomes really magical. And that is a one really beautiful thing. Absolutely. Ollie smoking hot podcast promos. Take one. All right, Ollie. Just say this is Ollie, and you're listening to the uh, the smoking hot podcast show podcast station. Okay.
All right, Ollie, this time just say, uh, this is Ollie, and you're listening to the Smokin' Ollie Report! No, that's not, oh, jeez. All right, Ollie, this time just say, this is the Smokin' Hot Toddcast. Biscuits! Damn it! Okay, Ollie, just say the words, the Smokin' Hot Toddcast. Can you do that at least? I'm outside, I see people, I see grass and trees and buildings! I hate you. The Smokin' Hot Todd- Smokin' Hot Toddcast! You suck, Ollie! The Smokin' Hot Toddcast presents The Ollie Report, a segment dedicated to extremely professional and hard-hitting journalism. Reports on headlines straight off the news ticker through the eyes of Ollie. And now, The Ollie Report. Hello and welcome to an all-new Ollie Report. I'm Hot Toddy. This week we are tackling a story that's dominating the news right now. Of course, we're talking about the very dynamic and dramatic interview that Oprah did with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and some of the revelations that they came up with. And we had to get Ollie on the scene because we wanted him to speak with the royal family to see what was going on and if there was any reconciliation possible with this whole situation. So, without further ado, live from England, it's the one and only Ollie! Ollie, hello, sir. Top of the morning to you, but I for Scurvendy. Okay, that's Irish, and it was very racist. Oh, but what should I have done, Hot Toddy? I don't know. Well, it's it's more of like a, you know, like a hello there type thing. Oh, of course, because I might tramp on the Barbie. Okay, <laughs> that's Australian. Also very not right. <laughs> I, I don't know. Let me try it again. Sure. Um. Top of the morning until you get hurt. All right, that's enough of that. Well, Ollie, we're sent to Britain uh, to speak with the royal family. Now, if you recall, three years ago, Ollie was in England for Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's royal wedding. As we found out, he wasn't actually there. He was at the Viaduct Tavern, hanging out with people like Chips and so on and so forth. But Ollie promised us that he would get a real interview with the royal family this time. Ollie, have you come through? Absolutely, Hot Toddy. I'm sorry for all the confusion last time. I did well this time. Cheerio! Hey, you got it! Cats and dogs don't have butt cheeks! All right. We immediately get off track, but that's fine. So, uh, what did you find out? About what? Okay, so in the Oprah interview, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle talked about how members of the royal family had expressed, quote, concerns over the color of their then-unborn baby skin. Of course, Meghan is African-American. Have you spoken with anybody in the royal family to get their reaction, and if that was true? So, I tried something for the first time while I was here, Hot Toddy. Crumpets. Have you ever had crumpets? I... They're like baskets! Because as we learned last time, baskets here are cookies. So, baskets in England are crumpets. You see what I'm saying? Baskets! Are you doing this on purpose? What are you talking about? Have you... Have you spoken to anybody in the royal family about the interview that Meghan Markle and Prince Harry did? Oh, of course, Hot Toddy. I talked to Mr. Wembley. You know Mr. Wembley. Oh, God. I couldn't really understand much of what he said. It was a lot of like... <laughs> God, stop. <laughs> but from what I understood, he was outraged that the royal family would do this. 
He said they should love and respect Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and not be so judgmental. Well, that's that's great. Although clearly you did not speak to someone from the royal family. There, there is no Mr. Wembley. Uh, hi, Tiny. Ye of little faith. There is so a Mr. Wembley and a Mr. Wimbledon. God's sakes. Mr. Wimbledon, however, took the side of the royal family, saying that's a lineage that should have never been messed up. They should have just kept having incest sex to keep the line going. Oh, God. No. 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 Okay, see, this is what I'm talking about. You did not talk to anybody in the royal damn family. Yes, I did, Hot Toddy. In fact, somebody from the royal family told me to speak with a gentleman named Lori. Okay, did you speak with Lori? Well, I tried. As it turned out, it was a big truck. All right, I'm done. Uh, I'm done. I'm done. Wait, Hot Toddy. What? There's more to talk about. There is nothing more to talk about. What about the Pierce Brosnan interview? See? See what I mean? You don't even have the name right. It's Pierce Morgan. Oh, yeah, that guy. All right, well, let's talk about that. Yes, Pierce Morgan, of course, has lost his job on Good Morning Britain. After he stormed off because one of the other anchors of the show confronted him, essentially saying, how dare you continue to berate Prince Harry and Meghan for really no good reason. Have you spoken to anybody on Good Morning Britain or Pierce Morgan himself to find out his reaction? As a matter of fact, Hot Toddy, I'm right here with Pierce Morgan. Wait, seriously? Yes. I told him to join me for the Ollie Report. He was gracious enough to come, even though I do disagree with what he says about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle as well. Well, I do too, but that, I'm, I'm stunned. This is amazing. So you, you have Pierce Morgan there. I do. Mr. Morgan, why don't you like Meghan Markle? Why do you keep attacking them in such a way? Is it for a great dislike? Or is it all for publicity? Okay, I'm done with this. What do you mean? Oh! Oh! Hey! Oh! Oh! Hey! Oh! Mr. Morgan, please! Why is this a thing? I'm gonna take a nap. I'm gonna take a nap right here. Okay, take a nap right there. Okay, good night. I've been looking all over the place for you. Oh, I know, I've been hither and yonder, as you say over in the States. Man, that Pierce Morgan can really pack a punch. Station! Oh, not really. It was just a lucky shot. That man is a real son of a bitch. He's a little pussy. I agree. Do you mind if I interview you on the whole Prince Harry thing? Oh, of course, Ollie. See, once again, just like the last time I actually know the royal family and all that, and interviewed her and did a good job. Again, that's, that's the joke. Okay, bye! That's going to do it for the Ollie Report this week. Tune in next time for another headline ripped from the Ollie News Ticker. Until then, have a good day and an Ollieful week. Smoking Hot Podcast. And I'm so glad you're doing it. And it's like you said, it's it, the, the arts have really expanded. I know this show, I've done so much more with this show in the last year just because... I've been able to because it just felt yeah. like you know we I've had more time and I've just had more abilities and I want to I want to try to entertain as many people out there as I can and just like yeah. you so it and, and I think it will it progressed us in a way because you know necessity being the mother of invention yeah we've all adapted so quickly and found ways to make things work and I think we're still in the very infant stages of what we're we're able to do through this virtual universe but there will be such a great 
you know, um, after effect, so to speak, with, with, you know, when the world gets to turn back on and we're all feeling safe again and going to the movies and going to concerts and festivals, you know, there'll still be like, hey, you know, those people that couldn't attend your wedding because they're on the other side of the world. Now we have the technology and the wherewithal and the know-how to be like, you know what, we're going to have a little virtual booth at my wedding where, you know, our grandparents over in Italy, they can't make it, but they're going to be there. We can have them at the event. Right. We'll be able to kind of cross breed these, the events that will be virtual and a hybrid of a a virtual and live together. And I think that's going to be good for us again in balance. Sure. Sort of like from the ashes, the Phoenix rises. There's something that comes out of all of this, something positive. Yeah, something positive, exactly. Well, how are you personally? How'd you, how have you been dealing with the pandemic the last year? You know, um, I think we're, well, I mean, I think we're all going through a little, it's a little like The Shining. You know, it's a little like <laughs> the isolation, and the, especially for an artist and a, a creator. And I like to be creative. So um, I think, you know, for me, it was kind of a real trip because, you know, there's so many things in life you say, like, gosh, if I just had the time right. to sit and have some space and some alone time to sit and create something, I'd be able to do this or I'd be able to do that. And then suddenly you have all that time and mm-hmm. you're like, wow, I'm just as crazy as I was when I didn't have that time. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm still as much of a procrastinator and I'm still all over the place and I still feel like I don't have enough time to accomplish anything and yet I have all the time in the world. Oh so God, that is so what true. A, <laughs> what a lesson. It's sort of amazing. It is. I've liked, you know, I, I miss my friends. I miss concerts. I miss the movies. I miss seeing people. I miss cocktail parties. But I, um, I, I was on a real rocket ship ride, no pun intended, with, <laughs> with my TV show doing five seasons of the show in seven years. And I'm out on, you know, I was touring for four years as well. And I'm out on the road. And it was just, I kind of, and I never would have gotten it because stuff was just out there and happening. And I'm moving from one thing to the next. I really kind of needed a, 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 a sort of a staycation. Sure. I needed to be home mm-hmm. you know, on a personal level in a way that I didn't even realize I needed. And, and I wouldn't have had if it were not for this. And I, I granted, look, <laughs> nobody loves the pandemic. There's, sure. I don't mean, to, but there are silver linings, you know, and I've gotten to really have some creative time and, and connect with my husband and just sort of get to chill at my house and, and sort of find myself again and, and be like, where was I before the Carbonaro effect started? Right. Like, what, what was I doing? And I'm digging through old journals and old ideas and like, I still want to make my Broadway show. Yeah. I still want to, you know, do a live tour like Doug Henning or David Copperfield. And I'm digging up all these other ideas and interests. And I've had I've had the moment to really connect with what it is I, I want to do and what I'd like to do. And that's been a real luxury. So this virtual show, this live from space experience that I'm pulling off is is coming out of sheer, sheer love and and, and just just to something that I don't have to do, but something I get to do and I want and need to do to share with the fans and share magic. Cause I'm, I'm dying over here. I, performers need to perform. Right. And I, you know, it's been amazing to start to do some of these preview shows and I've done a couple of tester shows and tried some routines out and the joy that I'm able to transmit, you know, through the screen and coming back at me and sharing magic and having families laugh and their jaws dropping. It's, it's so necessary and wonderful. And it's been great to create something out of love versus just jumping onto the next thing that has to get done. Hot toddy. Hot toddy. 
Hot Toddy. You're tuned into the Smoking Hot Toddcast with your host, Hot Toddy, who's always looking real good. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? No, no, no. Your face does. He wrote somebody a high five. Woods living, dude? Yeah, and uh, his handwriting is about what you would expect it to be. So anybody can go around handing people high fives? Yes, anybody. I guess. Even a Teddy Graham, then. That's like even lower. Like, I thought it was the, the elementary school Teddy Graham. But, like, no, that at least had to come from the teacher. This is kindergartners writing themselves Teddy Grahams. Yeah, that's, that, that's just sad. now. That's just his, sad. I mean, his his handwriting though was like on par with like a kindergartner. <laughs> Is anybody surprised? No, it's just like I like I saw it and then I pointed it out to a few of my coworkers. Yeah. So, so and I went back to my station and I just started working on something. I had my back to it to all, and the first thing I hear is oh. Shit. <laughs> wait, wait, just describe what did he write the, the high five for? Oh, dang! What did he he wrote it for for somebody else for doing the dishes really well? <laughs> he spelled U just the letter U. <laughs> but did he say but really he, well, not really good? No, he didn't, he didn't say really good or really well. He just said you did the dishes on Friday or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> only, it, only it wasn't even that coherent. Really. So are high fives like something y'all do like to boost coworkers? You know how I get a hundred dollar gift really card when I do it, well at work. Yeah. <laughs> no, baby J. What? <laughs> Say again, Pork. I just said they're really demeaning, if that's what you're getting at, Baby J. Oh. Well, no. I didn't think they... I thought they were meant to be not demeaning, but okay. Well, because, you know, that's how I've talked about it. My job, I, I get a little little certificate and a $100 Visa gift card when I do good things at work. Yeah. Uh, he gets we some... We just get a slip of paper and we get to put it on the fridge. <laughs> and, oh, we just put it on the fridge, is that what he said? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's literally... Oh, you did this. We're going to put it right here. We're going to put it right here. <laughs> Oh, that was a sad day. Oh, God. I feel really bad for Woods living now, though. Because normally... No, because they called him on Sunday and asked him if he could work, and he didn't answer and didn't show up. <laughs> he was not home. He does not have a phone. You cannot phone. You cannot charge your entire phone by a potato. It's a <laughs> So that is not his fault. McDonald's wouldn't let him in. He got there too late. It's not his fault that he lives at home with a can't answer his phone. But the fact that he tried to be nice and you all made fun of him is why I feel bad for him. He y'all, lives in the woods. Y- y'all I are killing like Todd. Oh, God. And yet he tried to bring sunshine to the person that oh, did the dishes goody. And you all could have just sat there and made fun of that poor homeless woods living man. Oh, just, like, oh, like you haven't made fun of yeah, people. I can dig up some audio. You know, I got secondhand embarrassment from your story is what I got. And I got <laughs> well with secondhand embarrassment. Did he, did he start singing Lola after he issued the high five? 
No. <laughs> but I do. I do feel like, like I have like secondhand embarrassment. Like I can just like imagine him being like, I'm doing such a nice thing, and everyone going out to the fridge and be like, look at this. He can't write. Like, <laughs> and I had a student yeah. red crayon, and I feel so bad for him right now. Like, I'm so embarrassed for him. You should stop laughing, man. I'm laughing like that, that embarrassment laughter. Like, when you know someone's, like, making fun of you and you're trying to laugh along. It's that type of thing. <laughs> I really do feel bad for him. Like, that poor homeless man. <laughs> he just, he was just trying to do a nice gesture for you he people. Was. He was. Like, y'all just had to point out he couldn't spell you. Like, he's on a prepaid phone plan. He Listen, here's the thing. So he's just used to connect, like connecting that way. Here's the he, thing. He, he, he was doing the dishes that day, and he he just wrote her a high five because she did all the work, and he watched her. That's why he wrote a high five. Really? Yes. That's why he wrote the high five. No, we got to come back on that. Pork, say it again. You say it again about you Woods Living. It. No, you say it about Woods Living. Okay, so what I said was I felt bad because because Pork and Todd cannot believe I've suddenly grown a conscience. <laughs> no. I didn't expect Woods Living, who's living in the woods, to be particularly well-read or extremely literate. So I felt bad for him for like putting himself out there and trying it. And so Pork... To try to, I don't know, teach me a lesson that when I do choose to jer- to grow conscience, it probably was not this point replied. Um, oh, oh, that's my cue. Um, yes, yes, yes. Well, I, I once gave him a ride home, and he said, "Oh yeah, I, uh, I took a a urine test for my PO, and it came back positive for meth, but I, but I think I was framed because <laughs> I haven't done it." <laughs> I was like, um. Oh no! <laughs> That's not how this. Not like, I don't think math is something that you can get secondhand. No, yeah. I, I think you should approach this again with Woods Living and be like, "Hey, remember when no. you said you were framed? Let me no. smell you." <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Have you ever smelled like cat pee? Yeah, she'd be like, come here. And I'd be like, I have a cat. Or, or I'd be like, I sleep in a litter box. Like, I think that's like... I would honestly believe the latter out of the two. <clears throat> Either he, if he said he had a cat or I sleep in a litter box, I would believe he slept in a litter box. Let's, let's get off the subject. We've been <laughs> All right, you're right. long enough. Oh. You're listening to the Smoky Life Podcast. Now you get a a chance to sit down, think about it, plot it out, and make something that really just will blow people away. Yeah, and you know what? I think I didn't know. I don't. I still don't know if any of it's going to work. To be honest with you, I I I know things will work, of course. Of course, it will. I don't think everything I do is a kind of experiment. Sure. I had no idea if the Carbonaro effect would work, and even when it was working, every day we would go to shoot a new trick. You know, like today I'm going to make someone believe in a mermaid. Right. Uh, You know, in the back of my mind, I'm like. 
I have no idea if this is going to work today. Right. You know, like, we, we really don't know. Magic and getting people to believe in things is always a kind of experiment. It makes me nervous. It makes me excited. I think that's what people like to see. They, they do. want to see people experimenting and not knowing what's going to happen. And right. I think that's where I kind of operate the best. I'm right when I'm cornered and sort of like on a balance beam, like I've got to make this work. Right. And I think that's where the best stuff comes. Absolutely. And and if we've learned anything from from the Carbonaro effect, from Impractical Jokers, uh, it's clear people will believe anything at, at certain times. That's uh, that's not anything we have to worry about. You know, we're all beautiful fools, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, what, we what, really it, are. And I, I say that with with much love because I would fall for every single one of my own pranks. Oh, I know I would. Absolutely. And, you know, people, a lot of people say like, oh, how are those people so stupid to fall for that? And I'm like, you know, you say that. Because you're on the other end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the, maybe some of them, but you're like, how did that person believe it? I mean, I've, I've been shocked with what people will believe in sure they'll believe in portals in time and they'll believe in (laughs) such a thing as a mermaid or that there's a real witch or that someone can turn into stone like in our modern 2020 2021 life people are still believing in these things right and that's it's a beautiful thing it's a dangerous thing it is but it's a it's a beautiful thing especially you know i think that magic presented in that way when people watch my show it it does cause them to be a little bit more skeptical in life they're like you know that's funny that that dude on tv just you know believed you know believed in a uh, a teleportation device i sh- maybe shouldn't believe everything i hear right you know you, you get a, i've had schools like write to me and say your show is really great for for teaching families kids humans critical thinking right you know really going like wait a minute what am i what am i seeing what am i believing yeah and the fact the fact that we allow ourselves to believe in things is is it's a beautiful it really is a beautiful and positive thing it means that we we have the ability to to dream and to wonder and to and to try and do the next thing that doesn't seem possible try and conquer the impossible imagination is still very much alive and that's a very powerful and good thing i agree todd i mean i think in each one of us there is a child that is alive. Yes. Some of us, it is a, it is asleep, but still alive. And I think magic, and this this show and everything I do, I think finds a way to just wake that up in people. Absolutely, and it doesn't myself included. I agree, and it's in, in a beautiful way too. I mean, it really is, and so well done. And and I think that's why. I mean, that's why you have all the success you have is because you have amazed us nonstop for the last, what, seven, eight years? You've been on television. You've been on tour. It's been nonstop how just incredible you are that you can open up our minds to all these different things. And me and me, too. I mean, what I get back from the fans, the letters that I write that, that people write and, you know, what they say about their experience and how it helped them through tough times in their life or they they bond with their daughter or they, their whole family comes together to have joy by watching my show. It's it's so amazing to hear that. And that brings me so much joy. So it's really, really beautiful. It is beautiful. And you bring us so much joy. And we can't thank you enough for all that you do. And uh, Michael Carbonaro, Carbonaro Live from Space, March 12th, March 13th. You can get the tickets on sale now at his website, michaelcarbonaro.com. Michael Carbonaro, thanks for you. thank you so much for coming back on the show and talking with me. Absolutely. And I, I hope to see you there. I, and I hope to see tons of families. We've made it nice and cheap. It's a $25 ticket. The whole family gets to go. Um, you know, you don't have to buy a ticket per person. It's just a, a whole household. Whole household. For 25 bucks. It's a really cheap. I, I just wanted to share and have fun with people and 
I can't wait to blast off to space, man. You're going to see, see you there. You, I will be there and you're going to blow everybody away. Michael Carbonaro, thank you so much. Thanks, Todd. We've been talking to Michael Carbonaro on the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Hey, this is Michael Carbonaro from the Carbonaro Effect, and you're listening to Hot Toddy on the Smoking Hot Toddcast. And now, the Smoking Hot Toddcast is proud to present the Smoking Hot Todd Choir. Random Thoughts by Hot Toddy. Why are they called apartments when they're stuck together? And that was Random Thoughts by Hot Toddy. Well, 
That choir has a beautiful tone, beautiful voices all around. Bravo to the Smoking Hot Todd Choir. Uh, in all seriousness, though, the, that came from Adult Swim. They have a website called adultswimchoir.com, uh, and you can create those a, a, a bit of a tune, a song, as you could hear, uh, from these weird-looking mouths, and you can just drag the mouths down, and they, they harmonize, and it sounds really interesting. So that's why I wanted to do that. So you may hear that again later on, but uh, all the credit goes to Adult Swim for that. AdultSwimChoir.com You can check that out. And of course a huge, huge huge thank you to Michael Carbonaro. It's so awesome that he came back and spoke with us. Uh, he is a great guy and extremely talented performer and if you would like to see his virtual live show Carbonaro Live from Space, you can still do so because there are two more shows left. One tomorrow, March 12th and Saturday, March 13th. Tickets are on sale now at MichaelCarbonaro.com. So make sure you you check that out. You can also follow Michael on Twitter at Carbonaro. And with that in mind, that's going to do it for us this week. We've got another episode coming up next week, so don't stray too far. We're back with brand new episodes once again. Until then, though, you can follow me on all social media at Smoking Hot Toddy on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Toddy comma hot on Instagram. Of course, you can follow me on YouTube at Hot Toddy Tube. The Hot Toddy page on Mixcloud is one of the homes of the Smoking Hot Toddcast, as well as SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can also follow some of the Toddcast team on social media. We'll begin with Twitter, Miss Pingrino at Pingrino, Sheila at Sheila Hawk, Doc Summit at Kev Summit, and Miranda at the Miranda Joe. On Instagram, Miss Pingrino at Janelle Marino, Sheila at Sheila Hawkins, Doc Summit at Kev Summit, and Miranda at Miranda Panda Joe. And on TikTok, Miss Pingrino at BabyJ0831, Doc Summit at Kev Summit, and Miranda at Miranda Panda Joe. We're going to wrap up this week with a song that I just discovered a couple of weeks ago. I did not know this was a thing, and it is, in fact, a thing. And I'm really excited about it, and I love this song. So, this this I knew this song. This song was written by Otis Redding back in the day called I Got the Will. And it's a great song with him performing it. But then, lo and behold, Etta James performed this song in 1988 for her 1988 album Seven Year Itch. And God bless her. I'm sorry, it blows Otis Redding's version out the door completely out the door this version is so awesome and I love this song and I love her and it's just all around an amazing tune so that's what we're going to close the show out this week with Etta James and I Got the Will so until next week this is Etta James saying (laughs) 